Peter Hill Explains, where I invite you to join the science teaching conversation with me about a Wikipedia reading of a Dirac Spinor. What exactly does that mean? Well, Dirac Spinor is a mathematical solution. Uh, but what is spin? Spin is an intrinsic part of all of nature. So we basically the Saturn model which explains everything is SU6, special unitary symmetry 6, which is a composition of unitary 1, SU2, SU3. SU2 is to do with spin. And in the 30s, Dirac was looking at special relativity, quantum mechanics, putting it together and seeing what this evolved and involved some concepts. Now these concepts uh, have launched into modern science and education has taken a different route. It's taken a, a cartoon science view but it behoves us to try and understand these critical terms. So spin and electron have spin up, spin down, but spin orient is oriented relative to a magnetic field only. It can't actually vary. It can gyrate around the magnetic field, um, it will process around a magnetic field, but it's not, it, it's something, it's a vector which points, it's got no rotation associated with it. So it's very hard to understand, I think, and I'm beginning to understand a little bit on group theory, but, and a little bit of the terminology SU3, special unitary and, and what it means in terms of matrices but I haven't actually really got that bit of plugging what a matrix is to a group so I, I know that a a particle have a vector uh, or have so much components of spin up spin down or various things like that will have a vector and it'll be it'll be um, something that you can uh, generate from a spin or is a, or a, a spin a spin matrix is something you can put in the middle of these two vectors to produce a um, a number you know the spin the value of a spin out so something to do with the vectors the spin operator and, and the actual reading the amount of spin which is, is quite interesting to come across and a spin is a fundamental property it's a um, it's a property of the spin is an amount of angular momentum to come in. So I'm going to try and read this, and it's going to be difficult, and I'll go through. And you may want to read it, seven pages, and it's bits of equations and brackets. So I'm not, you really need to be trained in reading equations, but I'll go across. A Dirac spinner. So Dirac was a pretty miraculous British physicist who just had this fantastic insight and I just wonder when something's new and and you're trying to grasp it for the first time there's this unique path when you're people like this where everything's well understood and and you can work out what can and can't be by all these helps you can you can go through and you don't have to invent things it's just whether his insight, try to really understand his insight to direct, direct depth of function. Okay, in quantum field theory, so this is Schrodinger's wave equation, anything quantum field 
theory or yeah QED quantum electrodynamics quantum field theory and a field theory is that um, where I have I consider a space and a number associated with the space and, and that an excitation of that thing can produce what we something we call a wave function and also we can attribute that a particle we can summarize that when we're talking about so much wave linked uh, link together we can say that that's a particle so you can have leptons and uh, I suppose leptons and quark matter had hadronic matter and we can call those particles but even then they become waves and so on so field is a um, a multi-dimensional space with values in it. So in quantum field theory, the Dirac spinner is a bi-spinner. It's a bi-spinner in the plane wave solution. So Dirac spinner is the is the is the name of what a spinner is. And uh, uh, and this is the plane wave thing is uh, psi, which is a plane wave equals uh, uh, omega wave value with um, uh, p. It's a, pl a plane wave um, uh, which is travelling in the direction of p and momentum p, and it's got a, a, a phase variation in this one it's said uh, e to the i px so e to the i px is simply gives you a cosine a real and imaginary cosine value so it's like a, a sheet of corrugated iron that's what it's described so it's a sheet of corrugated iron coro uh, to the Dirac equation and the Dirac equation and I must admit I can't necessarily uh, interpret all the components here but it's something which does look like the um, the uh, energy of the wave is zero i h bar Planck's constants bar uh, gamma to the u so I don't know what gamma is to the u the differential of it so that applies to a y function and gives you the um, uh, momentum minus the rest mass times c uh, all into psi equals zero so i yeah I, I wish i fully understood that but that's sort of like a relativistic um speed uh, gamma is really the um gamma uh, gamma to the u i think is the spatial uh lorentz contraction uh, times differential equals minus mc. The complex differential of a wave function is in general the speed, the momentum of that wave function minus the res mass is zero. I don't quite understand what the physical consequence of that equals zero. And, and if you take c and h bar, if you select a gauge such that C and H bar is one, you get a simple simplification. I times the Lorentz factor, it's normally that gamma to the U is the Lorentz thing, times, uh, times the differential 
of your wave function minus a constant m equals zero. Now, normally for me, it's it's you have to um, do the differential square, so I don't quite understand that. Uh, if m is energy, just say that's rest energy is its equal energy. Okay, now let's let's read this through. Psi is the relativistic spin-a-half field. So it's a wave function. In this case, it appears to be an infinite wave function. And a field is what a wave function is. A wave function is a wave field, and that's a, a value of, of it in all positions of space. So you could have a pressure field, is the atmospheric pressure at all points in space. So you, as you walk across the room and up up the room, there's a, and with a pressure gauge, you'd have all those numbers, and that number corresponds to the field. Now you can have it physically there, which is the field itself, you know, with the mass, or it's the reading of it there. Um, omega is uh, the direct spinner related to the plane wave vector. So, so the direct spinner is the amount of a plane wave vector p. So I've, I've got a plane wave, it's an omega. Um, Px is defined as p mu x to the mu, which is et minus p uh, dot x, which is the... Um, uh, the standard um, um, the standard um, Einstein formulation in four-dimensional space of the momentum or, or um, four, four space which is um, X uh, minus ICT or so the four components of velocity times the um, uh, ICT, this, your four vector. In this case, oh, it's the same thing here. Now, um, P to the mu, which is uh, a, um, P is a superscript in this case, so I don't quite understand that, uh, is the momentum, is the four-wave momentum vector. So P is arbitrary. Is the four-wave vector of the plane wave? Oh, yeah. It's, so you, um, if you wanted to actually, um, if say you've got a plane wave and it's going direction, you have a vector and saying the direction it's pointing to, and it has in four space in the energy space, it's got the square root of m squared minus p squared, which is um, your energy vector rotating in your energy space, uh, comma with all the p directions. So, if in three dimensional space it's quite easy, that would be the momentum vector of a car. If you imagine a car going in a speed direction, that would be the p direction. If you change that car to be a plane wave traveling in the same direction, that's there. Uh, in four space, you have um, uh, the square root of m minus p squared the mass of it. bit hard for me to understand, but this is what we're trying to do, is trying to read through this. And x is the four coordinates given in an internal frame, x to the raised coordinates. So that they tend to, to have things 
raised and removed. So I, I don't quite understand. You have the mu as the coordinate index uh, upper and lower. I think there's covariant and contravariant. Okay, the direct spinner uh, for the co positive frequency solution can be written. So the the number that I put in here is psi um, is the first element, and then psi again is the bottom element. But psi is um, rho dot p cross product of those divided by e plus m times psi. So I don't know, so psi is an arbitrary to spin off. So that's, I find it a little bit hard to, to comprehend. Um, sigma is a, um, oh, S is, that, is a Pauli vector, and EP is positive square root of um, P plus, M, the square root of M squared plus P squared. I haven't done that very well, but this is this is stating what the direct spinner is. So the direct spinner is a vector, a four vector. I suppose that vector is a, is a vector. It's a four component thing, and how it goes in there. So it's the wave solution in there. So mind-bogglingly hard for me to express and explain. Now, derivation, the, wave, the direct wave equation uh, has the form of um, um, the complex uh, alpha dot um, the grad, which is, I think looks a bit, a bit like the kinetic energy, minus uh, B, which is beta m, the rest energy, um, uh, times psi equals i decided t. So i decided t is your classic speed, and um, uh, this tells you that in a plane wave, uh, the speed with which the part is moving is equal to the gradient of your wave function. So this is, in, in your stationary wave function, you can interpret a, uh, in a wave function of, say, a gas and electron, the greater the curvature of your wave function, the greater speed of its pushing in, so you, your, your momentum is greatest with the greatest change of wave function. So it's something which is easy to imagine. So I'll read, read that to you again, that the um, um, rate of change of your wave function plus the rest energy of your wave function uh, equals speed of your wave function. That sort of makes sense then. In order to derive the form of a four-spinner, we first have to note the value of the matrices alpha and beta. So alpha, whatever it is. So they have two two four matrices so a um uh, and so this is your four matrices you have to have four matrices because you're actually operating on a four space x y z and t oh i t just speak like that and um these 
matrices are pretty interesting. You have the alpha one has got the Dirac spinners, spinors in it, uh, and it's zero spinor, spinor zero. That's um, uh, for the alpha one, and for beta down the diagonal you have the identity and minus the identity matrices across it. So these two 4x4 matrices are related to the direct gamma matrices, which, what the heck. Note 0 and 1 are 2x2 two two matrices here, obviously. here. So it's a 4x4, four four, which is a 2 a 2 it's a 4x4 four four matrix, but with each component being a 2x2 two two matrix. It looks something that you can go through. Next step is to look at solutions of the form psi equals your wave function, p dot x uh, equals um, your um, Dirac, uh, your um, for momentum. So your four momentum components of your traditional x space momentum plus the energy times time time component. So you get a wave function with it. Uh, while, the, uh, while at the same time splitting the two, uh, the two, two spinners into psi and Psi. I've written my, my use of grammar, my uses. One's a circle straight through it, one's a classic sign. So, um, using all the above information to plug into direct equation results in energy. So, so you, you get a classic Hamiltonian as far as I can see. So, a Hamiltonian is that. E h psi equals e psi. It's got an eigenvalue. The energy is so. If I've got a wave function, I can multiply it by its energy and get the wave function back again. So two times a duck equals two ducks, and a Hamiltonian of a duck equals equals that duck. Uh, two two ducks. If you wanted to do, you normalize it to get them. So you get something which is very reasonable. You've got uh, psi and phi. I'm going to call them phi and psi. The uh, energy of a two four a two uh, of a four vector, which is, consists of two 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 vectors, uh, is m the mass. Um, down the diagonals and the um, uh, the spinor dot p in the the off diagonal ones. So that's that's interesting. I can sort of barely see that. This matrix equation is really two coupled equations. E minus m psi equals um, uh, road. Uh, rho dot p psi plus m and minus m. You can see you can see going through that. So I could read that e psi because I'm just reading it reading it through. I just 
take the bottom one yeah to go across the solve the second equation for psi obtains you obtain that omega equals psi the spin or a four vector of psi and uh, rho dot p on e plus m psi note the solution needs to be to have e equals plus the square root of p squared plus m squared so one of the things you do have in um, um, e equals mc squared masks four vectors that you have uh, relativistically a space vector turns now how direct knew any of this is so mind-boggling twisting um, uh, in order for the solution to be valid in a frame where the particle p the momentum of p equals zero so that's to have e equals mc squared you've got to have e equals well that's that's not really saying saying very much um there because um that's almost a tautology your energy in um Einstein stuff is p squared plus um, p squared plus m c squared, or if c is one, so p squared plus m, which is p squared plus m squared. There you go. Across like that. Okay. Derivation uh, of the sign of the energy in this case. Can uh, consider the potentially problematic term rho dot uh, p, the spin or dot, the momentum vector, uh, over e plus m equals uh, psi uh, uh, times psi, which is the spin or. If e equals the positive root, clearly. Um, oh, Clearly, this goes to zero. Sigma dot p as p goes to zero. I'm trying to work, work this out. Yeah. On the other hand, if e equals the negative, p dot n, uh, let p goes to zero. Now, if it's negative. I don't quite. Oh, if it's negative, p goes to zero. That goes to infinity, doesn't it? E equals the square root uh, m times the square root of p squared on m uh, equals um, m one plus a half p squared on two m. It it goes there as as um, p goes to zero because small time. I forgot what it's called. Taylor's series expansion. Um, hence, the negative solution uh, clearly must be omitted. Um, so that's why you only have a positive uh, scheme because it goes to zero. Alternatively, solve the first equation. One finds uh, that omega uh, equals the negative. In this case, is the solution as a valid frame? So the solution is useful in showing the relation between a particle and an antiparticle. So this is essentially your your Dirac spinors have spin and particles and antiparticles. 
It's amazing that this guy directed out antimatter before we understood what exactly is going on with antimatter. The most uh, spinners. The most convenient values for spinners is that um, psi uh, rho one. Well, I don't know what you call it. Rho one is a two uh, is a two spinner ones are one and zero in the two values of spin up spin down and row two is uh, no spin up uh, only one spin down and the other one goes for your other ones that, that can exist the poorly matrices my god the poorly matrices this is going to be so hard for you to understand you're going to have to reread it yourself the poorly matrices are there are three Pauli matrices now, which is really interesting. So this begins to get into your group theory of the number of matrices, which are your, your group members, are um, it could be an SU2, is the dimension squared minus one. And here there are three of these Pauli matrices. What are the Pauli matrices? Um, um, so Pauli matrix one is uh, one on the off diagonals. Um, Pauli matrix two is um, the off diagonals with an i minus i, and uh, Pauli matrix three is um, one. Is a unitary one. It's it's a one, zero, zero, minus one. I have to really look at it. So are these unitary matrices? That is, um, do if I um, if I took the uh, the conjugate and um, if I what is it, I transposed it and took the complex value of it, would it change it? So um, would it be would it add up to one? And so in the first one, um, I transpose it back to itself, and there's no complex numbers, so it's um, so zero one times zero one is one. Uh, zero one times you can get a, a unitary one. The other one is um, i squared times a plus um, minus i. Again, give you a unitary matrix. So I'll give you a unitary matrices. So this is special because there's three. Is one of the identity matrices, which could be a solution, is chucked out. So that's why it's special. Using these, one can calculate um, the uh, spinal matrices dot the momentum. Uh, you add it all together, and you get basically is basically decomposed. Your um, a complex momentum is uh, can be projected onto spin spin space. Okay, now these are four spinners. My God, this is going to be so so hard for you. Four particles. Particles are defined as having a positive energy 
The normalization of the four spin is chosen so that the total probability is invariant under Lorentz transformation, which is the fundamental aspect of it. Yeah, I have a particle, and I want the particle to remain unmolested by a frame that you go through. So P equals um, omega dagger omega dv. So this is um, your omega is your um, your um, I suppose wave. W is your wave function, and you've got complex complex of it. So, uh, so that's your your fundamental thing in quantum mechanics. You um, multiply the wave function by its adjoint, ad complex adjoint term. Well, V is the volume per integration. Under Lorentz transformation, the volume that scales as the inverse Lorentz factor e uh, on m to minus one. This implies the probability density must be normalized proportional to E, so the total probability of the rents is invariant. This is usually the convention is to choose um, omega star omega equals 2E. Hence the spin is uh, denoted as um, U, P and S, I don't know what S stands for, spin, uh, a momentum for a spin set up or a half, is the square root of e plus m into rho spin up plus the bottom of the spinner is the Pauli matrices times the p on em times the spin, with spin equals one or two, so spin up or down. Explicitly, you get these following things: that a function can have be spin up. Um, and um, have uh, real um, wave functions, real values for its matter part. So, you, you, for a poorly four spinor, uh, which is the, the you know your your matrix, you can have it. You can say it's either spin up or spin down, or its mass can be um, P E plus M, which is something I, I don't quite understand that. P3 on E plus M, P, P, oh, P3 is the Z direction, P1 plus IP2 on E plus M. I don't quite understand that, my god. Antiparticles have positive energy E are defined as particles having negative energy. Okay, antiparticles having positive energy E are defined as particles having negative energy and propagating backwards in time, which is very interesting. A so they've got negative energy and propagating backwards in time. So hence, changing the sign of E and P in a four-spinner particle will give the four-spinner with antiparticles. Here we, uh, which I've got there, here we choose psi solutions explicitly. So, on the fifth page, so we've got our antiparticles. Now, the solutions are readily obtained by subjecting psi equals mu e 
the IPX transistor plane wave function into the Dirac equation. So, my god, that's just so hard to put two values to spin up and spin down and, ha and how he gets there. But in this case, I just find it really hard to, to visualize completely the relationships. So I'm not really helping you, I'm just really pushing through on this. The completeness relationships for four spinners are U and VR. Um, um, the sum of UP and the antiparticles is P plus M, and the other sum of V plus being the two particles, antiparticles, is P minus M, where P equals the Lorentz version of P, and U is the uh, just the Feynman slash relations. My God, I that's so hard. Okay, um, Dirac spinners and Dirac algebra. The Dirac matrices are a set of 4x4 matrices that are used as spin and charge propagators. Convention. There are several choices of signature representation that are common in the use of physics literature. Dirac matrices are typically written as... Uh, I don't know what you call it. Gamma U, where U runs from 0 to 3, is the notation. 0 corresponds to time. 1 to 3 corresponds to the rotations. X, Y, Z. The plus... Minus, minus, minus signature is sometimes called the West Coast metric, and the minus plus 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 is the East Coast metric. At this time, the plus, minus, minus, minus signature is the more common use, and our example will be of the signature. To switch from one example to the other, multiply uh, all psi i by the complex number i. After choosing the signature, there are many ways of constructing a representation of the 4x4 matrices, and many are in common use. In order to make a simple example as a general possible, we will not specify the representation until the final step. At that time, we will substitute in the Charles or wheel representation. Construction of Dirac spinner with a given spin direction and charge. So I don't know. I wasn't expecting that, I was expecting spin up. Charge is a bit much for me to try and get in. First we choose a spin direction of our electron and positron. Okay, or positron. Uh, if, as with the example of the Pauli algebra I discussed above, the spin direction is defined as a unit vector in three dimensions, A, B, C. Following the convention of Peshkin and Schroeder, Spin operators for spin ABC direction is defined as the dot product of ABC with the vector. Well, gee, that's going to be bloody hard. Coming on to page 6. So, uh, yeah, so, so I have three numbers. I psi 1, oh, I gamma 1, gamma 3, I gamma 3, gamma 1, and I gamma 1, gamma 2. So I can see where that goes through. And it says that the Pauli matrices ABC 
is these spin vectors. Note uh, the above root of unity, that is, uh, squares to 1. Consequently, we can make a projection operator that projects the subalgebra of direct algebra that has spin oriented in the A, B, or C direction. So P, A, B, C equals a half, 1 plus the projection is sigma A, B, C. We must now choose a charge, a positron, or minus an electron. Following the conventions of Pershing and Schroeder, the operator charge is Q minus, uh, so is gamma nor. This is, that is, electron states will take an eigenvalue of minus 1 with respect to the operator, while the positron takes an eigenvalue of plus 1. So, here I find this profound of how you get charge drops out of this. I don't understand. But this is why antimatter is negatively charged. It is the opposite charge. Note that Q is the square root of unity. Oh well. Furthermore, Q commutes with um, sigma ABC. Therefore, form a complete set of commuting operators for the Dirac algebra. Counting, uh, continuing our example, we look for representation of the electron with the spin ABC direction. Uh, turning Q into a projection operator for a charge minus 1, we have P minus Q equals a half 1 minus Q equals a half 1 plus gamma to the norm. The projection operator for spin or spin or we see is therefore a product of the two projection operators we found, P, A, B, C, uh, P, Q minus. The above projection operator, when applied to any spinner, will give part of the spinner that corresponds to the electron state we see. So we can apply the spinner to the value 1 in one of its components, or 0 in the others, which gives the column matrix. Continuing our example, we put A, B, C to equal 0, 0, 1. We have 0, 0, 1 equals a half 1 i to the um, gamma 1, gamma 2. I've forgotten what the gamma 1 and gamma 2 are. So our desired prediction operator is a half p and it dots all the way through. The 4 by 4 gamma matrices used by the real representation are gamma naught equals um, 1 on the... Um, uh, one on the um, uh, diagonals, uh, gamma k for one, two, three, uh, equals sigma in those um, cases where sigma are the top top cases. Um, so the Pauli matrices are given by something which is just incredible to note. Um, so is substituting for p, we get a 4 by 4 which is 1 0 1 0 all zeros then 1 0 1 0 then all zeros again get across so that's page 6 coming to the end of this article sorry it's so hard to read and so hard to understand up the top our answer for a non-zero column of the matrix division by 2 is just a normalization of the first and third columns Gives the same result. So E minus 
uh, spin and a half is spin up and an actual electron. More generally, for electrons and positrons with spin oriented as ABC, the direction and prediction operator is, and they have a 4x4 four four operator which operates it. With the upper signs are the electron and the lower signs are the positron. The corresponding spinner is taken as any two non-zero columns. Since ABC squared equals 1, the different columns are multiples of the same spinner. The representation of the resulting spinner is the direct basis can be obtained using the rule given the by spinner article. Thanks a lot. This is probably my worst um, podcast so far, but it gives you an idea that I'm going to understand this eventually. Really painful to read it through to you. Okay. We'll see where this goes. Thanks a lot for listening. another story comes to a close. It's been a pleasure sharing this moment in time with you. May you discover truly amazing things, understand them and tell others. Thanks for listening.